He's a bit sly, Paul. Well, you know, he didn't make his money from being a dummy. Yeah, well, you don't... Hey, that's what they say, eh? You don't get rich by being a nice guy. Or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. You know, yeah. I might have <laughs> a few years ago, but New Zealand is too small a country <laughs> to make enemies. Mm. All right. Welcome to another exciting edition of the Cairo Chronicle podcast. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, we got a thing for Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel the same about you all. <laughs> all right. We're um, really fortunate to have our guest today is Max from the White Lady. He's neither white nor a lady. He's more beige, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> We're a new breed. Beige. We're taking over. You know, when um, Pakia first arrived in New Zealand, apparently the indigenous Māori thought that they were ghosts because they'd never seen somebody so pale. <laughs> what is your heritage? Um, my heritage is, um, yeah, English on my dad's side and uh, my mother is uh, Swiss descent. Oh, nice. So um, she's quite recent. Where I think um, my dad's side, we're uh, about five generations here. Um, we were cattle farmers that came over from uh near Glastonbury um and uh there were four brothers two of them sort of situated themselves around uh Waikato um and Mercer and the other two sort of went down to Tauranga sort of area um still got some family with cattle farmers down the line that must come in handy with yeah. burger bar. well yeah yeah we've got to reach out sometime I don't know I think they're way more successful than us uh, uh lowly fast food operators but you know yeah but uh, you guys are legendary <laughs> I mean the white lady my, my aunts and uncles talk about you know the white lady on Fort Street a lot of people confuse the um the new market pie cart as part of the white lady franchise but isn't that an uncle or something yeah well i mean it's uh the broadway diner it is it's got its own history but um it is closely related to us it's Mm. um my my grand oh sorry my um or my auntie's husband um guy mcleod bought it in the 60s and they've sort of run it and they own it to this day as well so it's still actually in the family how many generations now uh, the white lady, so mm. white lady where, well, I've got a, uh, a five-year-old daughter, so. I, she's too young to be working. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Although, we have you know, had, train them young. Yeah, yeah, hey, we've, she's been on the till already a little bit. She's uh, had a ride on the tractor, so, you well, know. Well, let me know when that happens, <laughs> and I'll come over with my Monopoly money. To, 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 <laughs> isn't it gorgeous having a five-year-old daughter, though, honestly? Yeah. You, know, you get to indulge in all that stupid stuff that, like, the new, I'm quite excited about the new Barbie movie. <laughs> Yeah, so it's great to, I mean, did you kind of have a choice about getting into the family business or, because it's your sister, yourself, Mm -hmm. um, your mum and your dad, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but there's another brother, isn't it? Can he not cock or something? (laughs) We've we've got Zach as well, our, uh, Zach. Mia and Zach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your parents are very um, thrifty with letters, aren't they? Yeah, they're pretty cool names. Um, no, Zach is a, uh, you know, m- uh, myself and my sister are sort of heavily involved in the business. Um, my little brother is, is, is a performer, um, and he's an international uh, street performer. Performs sort of here in summer, and then he lives most most of the time in Germany, in Berlin. He what just, does he do? He, well, I guess he does everything. He's been entertaining since he was 
you know, sort of 18, I'd say, went to circus school, ran away, joined the circus. <laughs> joined the circus. Um, I always an, wanted to do that. Yeah, he's into, you know, he got it all came through the fire um, community or the juggling community. But anyway, he got involved into that and, um, yeah, just sort of blossomed from there. And now he does sear wheel, he does juggling, he does um, just this, that and everything, you know. When Natural are we going to see him out the front of the white lady? Yeah, oh, he's around, he's around. I totally believe, like, buskers and performers, they really bring life into an area, eh? Yeah, oh, and I'm all for that, that vibrancy around. I mean, yeah, street performers, um, street traders like ourselves, mm. um, you know, they just bring, you know, that sort of diversity and that ease into the city. And, you know, that is a great thing that, you know, hopefully Ford working with councils and, and everything like that, we can have more street trading, more performers allowed to do what they do, well, you know? Um, like there's strong evidence that shows that having a you know creative, colourful street performance environment actually reduces crime mm. and increases a sense of security. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Community. Yeah, but you know, I still I used to perform outside the White Lady quite quite frequently just to bring a bit of sunshine to the street. <laughs> but um, you know, the problem I found with it is you really don't get support. You know, people will dance and people will, you know, have a go on the mic and sing some karaoke, but yeah, you don't, it's not financially. Well, people don't have cash anymore, really, do they? Well, I think people do. I think paper money will see the end of paper money, but coins will stay around because they're very cost effective. Mm. Yeah, they're expensive to produce, but the life of coins. Mm. But, you know, a lot of people getting into QR codes and or supporting their favorite artists on Patreon, which you can do. <laughs> Um, just a couple of dollars a week and we can change the world, or at least mine and Dan's world. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, White Lady came on board as a sponsor, you know, as quick before I could finish asking. You guys were keen. Yeah, how much? It's like, oh, I don't know, how much do you want? All right, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, you guys are like, six, can we give you some more money yet? It's like, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> you know? We're always happy to support local, you know? Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're a part, with our business, we're a family business. So, you know, we're part of, you know, I think that's, that's one a part of our, I guess, success over the years is we work in the business ourselves. So we like to have a great environment with our staff, with our team, with the area around of us. Uh, you know, we're here for the long term. We're not just here to sort of come in and mm, yeah. like a lot of like a lot of things. Do a business and then sell it five years later. You know. Well, um, when we still it's 1949, 1948. Yeah, 1948. So three, three years after the World War Two ended. Jeez, was it? Yeah, far yeah. out. How long have you been on K-Road for now? K-Road, we've, uh, November, will, November 14th, I believe, is our anniversary. So we're about mm. a year and a half. Mm. About. How's it been? Yeah, great. I am personally absolutely loved it. You know, like just coming in here and I love K-Road. I love um, operating the business out of here. It's just a great, like place to come and sort of see there's always something going wrong and a, and a fantastic location yeah, yeah coming down to kevin's arcade i've definitely been there a few nights and um, needed a burger about that time yeah no i mean it's important for a, a fast food business to be you know for foot traffic and to be in front of people um i think we were talking to the building owner for about three years before we actually uh got in there um and originally they were sort of offering us a site in the back and i was sort of like oh 
You don't put the white lady out the back. No, she's <laughs> got to be on the front, yeah, on the pavement. The white you know? lady yep. out the front. <laughs> Why is it called the white yeah. lady? Yeah, um, yeah. well, we sort of, you know... Because um, back- I've definitely seen brown people there. <laughs> and males. Well, it refers to the caravan, of course. Um, hmm. So, I mean, back in the... Um, back in the, I always say back in like the 40s and 50s, you know, advertising and marketing wasn't what it was today. Like, you didn't have to have some fancy name like you know if you're a if you're a laundry mat you were just a laundry mat right. you weren't yeah. bubble squeaky clean yeah yeah so i mean <laughs> we were just the cart that sold food down you know the bottom of shortland street queen street to all the you know people coming out of the you clubs you have changed sites a couple of times eh? yeah well i mean we do have wheels so people think that we can move for some reason um but yeah we're more like a train downtown um you know we sort of we don't three-point turn so i mean we've been dotted around and um places but i mean we were always on shortland street um, now we've been on Commerce Street for uh, about 18 years. Um, and, yeah, we have been situated on different um, points around Commerce Street, you know, sort of budged around. Tell me that story again. You told me a while back about, I think you were 16 and you'd gone to pick up the van and you're in the caravan and you, like, only just had your licence and... You're towing it, and I think there was a cop involved. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like every few years, you know, something happens in council or a building owner complains about us. So, you know, this happens every few years. But this particular time, I was towing on the cart downtown, and I think we knew something was going on, and we were sort of being checked on um, due to, I think it was when the Deloitte, uh, the BNZ Tower was being demolished, and um, the Deloitte building was going to go up in its place. Anyway, I um, was on the cart, and um, a police officer, I didn't know, he was actually behind the car. He waited for me to turn the engine on. Um, and then as soon as I turned the engine on, he came up beside me. I guess he had to wait to, you know, for me to start the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he wanted us to go weigh the white lady at the Stanley Street um, weigh-in station. Um, and I was probably about 16 at the time or something like that. And um, I just knew that I had to drive the white lady from where it was to Shortland Street, you know, and that's what the white lady did. And that's all I ever knew. The white lady did that. It went on to <laughs> thing. And anyway, so, um, you know, this was, yeah, this was quite a number of years ago. I, had a, I did have a cell phone and I called my dad while I'm sort of making it like on my way. Um, and dad picks up and he's like, and I'm like, dad, a cop's telling me go to the Stanley Steep. Uh, street weigh-in station. It's Parnell, isn't it? Yeah, just at the bottom there, just yeah. at the where they weigh all the trucks. Yeah, you know, yeah, the heavy vehicle yeah. investigation it was, and they were telling. You know, they wanted to weigh us up, and, and my dad was like, "Oh, he was like, no, he was like, just drive it onto the motorway. He goes, just drive it onto the motorway. They'll never stop you. You know, just keep <laughs> going." Um, <laughs> and and something like that. He was so upset and angry about you know uh, me being sort of being told to do by the police. But anyway, I disobeyed my dad, and I did just tow it round to Shortland Street because that's where I knew and as soon as I got off the tractor you know they got put me in handcuffs oh. disobeying police orders wow. and, and all that and then it was a bit of a kerfuffle because we, we always have sort of a small crowd waiting for us so all these people are like hey ah. what's going on <laughs> yeah, here yeah. he just drove in and you're arresting this guy for Who's driving gonna on cook the, the burgers? Yeah. yeah Um and then we sorted that all out we were just like come on guys like you know why couldn't you have just you know Mm. made an appointment yeah, you know and yeah. we, or something you know and we would have gone and weighed the truck up so we did that and they sort of went through it and then yeah and that was that and then um it ended up being all okay in the end so, so he handcuffed you and then 
unhandcuffed you. Uh, right? yeah, 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 it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, yeah. The I patrons think, are like, you can't do that. I, I think they saw re- reason after yeah. a little while, you know. I was just a kid as well, you yeah. know. It's always like, what are you doing? He's all right, you know, what's happening here? It's funny, though, you know? I've seen um, a tractor on the highway. Yeah. Your dad wanted you to go down that way, isn't that a minimum <laughs> speed you're supposed to be at? Well, our um, our vehicle only travels at uh, maximum speed of 20 kilometres an hour, right, so, you know, freeway, it, yeah. yeah, it would have been that's top <laughs> speed of the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, you do have K, K Road, Kalunga Happy Road, mm-hmm. there's Commerce Street, and there's the caravan. Are there any other, you know, when I say the caravan, the little mobile outfit yeah we got two of the little mobile ones um one sort of was always we work with this um we do a co-op with this business called the beer spot they've got uh sort of five uh new zealand craft beer bars that are dotted around the city Mm. so one of our carts just does a week at each location and that's sort of like a full-time business um and then we've got an event cart which you'll find at like most concerts and Mm. um because speaking of concerts did you not you did the after party for um who was it recently? The Rolling oh, Stones? Guns and Roses? Guns and Roses? Guns and Roses. Oh, you yeah, got the shout out from Axel. That was pretty cool. Yeah, we did. I, I would have worked that gift for free, <laughs> eh? Although I, I'm not going to vouch for my cooking skills, but man, you should have called me. I would have been there. Yeah. <laughs> I probably wouldn't have been much use to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, it sounds like much more glamorous than it actually was. Um, I mean, it's did always. Did you meet the band? We didn't get to meet the band, no. No, we didn't get... I got to meet um, uh, their production manager and uh, oh. their, their head of security is also a key Hi, guy. Hi, the, on the production uh, manager. Yeah, yeah, you're not Axel Rose <laughs> yeah. or Slash. He's you're pretty much part of the band, though. He's okay. just, he's you know, he's, he was, he was definitely same. Guns yeah. N' Roses, though. You know, I was sort of like, whoa. What about the chats? And You didn't meet the chats? No. We, we, were put, we were put in sort of the you know, sort of the back cricket ground all by ourselves. Everyone's sort of going, what are these guys doing here? And it was our job just to run burgers into the backstage room, which was pretty cool because we sort of had to go through a tunnel. There were all their trucks lined up. And then the guy was like, where's this uh, room I meant to go? We're doing food for like the band. And this guy goes, oh, you just go past the, uh, the third truck on the left. If you just duck down and behind it there, walk down through the small alleyway for about five metres and then you'll see a door on the left. Just open that door, go through, and then open sort of the big doors past that. And then you walk in there and there's all like the bands yeah, sort of, you know. Too confusing things. Yeah, I know, but yeah, it was like the secret little trap there and we had to sort of like crawl and run burgers through there constantly. But yeah, it was, um, you know, those guys are busy and they're in and out and I think they had to be on the plane at like, you know, three in the morning. But What kind of burger does Axel like? I don't. We made a lot of bacon cheeseburgers. We bacon made a lot cheese. of bacon cheeseburgers. I mean, where do you eat bacon and cheese from? Um, well, do you New source Zealand? your ingredients locally? Yeah, yeah, we do. So, I mean, our cheese we just use, you know, um, we just use a mainland, you know. Che- oh well, actually, we don't. Sorry, we use the competitors now down down in the South Island. Um, we slice our own Colby cheese, and our bacon is Pocono bacon. Um, Lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to eat pork so much anymore because I just not because of any religious or vegan interests i just think pigs are really cool animals yeah yeah i think they're cool they too. just have the unfortunate position of being tasty yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think they're treated a lot better in new zealand than yeah you see overseas mm. though so what yeah. is the number one selling burger um number oh it's pr- Which, pretty much the one that we put on the top left but you know <laughs> there's there's a yeah. demographic for every burger yeah. and over the years they've probably changed a little bit but you, you know, know what I saw the other day and I thought it was really cool 
is instead of a burger and buns, it's like a burger wrapped in, is it lettuce leaves or cabbage leaves? Or? Yeah, we just wrap it in iceberg lettuce leaves. Yeah. Yeah, it's, our, it's our gluten-reduced option. Yeah, That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so the lettuce replaces the bread. Yeah. Yeah. Right, a bit. Yeah. We've never right. found a gluten-free bread that we would want to yeah. use as a gluten-free. It's just, it doesn't it's, taste like sand at the end, oh, or like the texture, you know? Yeah, they're terrible. So, I mean, that's our thing. We wrap it in lettuce. It's, you know, it's a pretty painful thing. When people actually request it, it's sort of like being stabbed in the heart just slightly each time. It's like, oh, you know. Um, but, you know, um, they're great. Yeah, people love them because they're fresh and mm. sort of, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a good. good what well, what's the key to a good burger? I, uh, you know, going to say cliche like bloody everyone, but you know, it's fresh ingredients. Um, mm. Our system allows us to do everything fresh and on the spot, um, which is you know basically the key to making good burger. You know, it's just going to be what? fresh and hot. And mm. I believe food tastes better standing up; should be eaten straight away. Oh yeah, um, you'll never find the white lady on Uber Eats. Um, burgers should be enjoyed. I mean, I'm a big advocate for, uh, you know, for vibrancy and nightlife and hospitality. Um, I want people out of their homes and enjoying an experience rather mm, than, right. you know, there is convenience food, but hospitality is meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to be an experience. Yeah. We're a show business. That's what we, that's yeah. what my dad always says. I had says. some uh, Uber Eats yesterday or the day before. It came and it was already cold. Like, mm. personally, deliver easy all day long. Uber Eats, it's like, does it, sometimes it just doesn't turn up. Mm. Mm. And like following it up is just too much of a hassle. There's no number to call or email or customer service. Uber is great for transport, don't get me wrong. Mm. And you know the difference between the police and Uber? What's that? If you call an Uber, it'll actually turn up. Fair Psh. enough. Fair enough. Oh, we got a thing thing. <laughs> <laughs> What's your go to treat meal? Oh, because remember, boys and girls, burgers are sometimes food. <laughs> hey, our burgers are a well-balanced meal in a bag. Mm. Um, but anyway, jeez, um, there's so much. I love all foods. Um, I do really like Vietnamese at the moment. I've always loved those foes and, you know, oh, I love that sort of stuff. I love but, Thai you know, food. Yeah, and a bit of Thai. Oh, just everything. I love food. There's nothing, you know, I eat it all, you know. And as I said, like, food should be an experience. Um, and, you know, yeah, it should be celebrated. How yeah. often do you review the menu? And go, I mean, have you ever thought about doing lamb shanks? <laughs> yeah, um, we've got one of those things, our business, if we changed, people would hate us for it. Oh, so right. I've got the probably the easiest but also most boring sort of uh, way around, that, you know, is that we, we sort of don't change, you know. we, do, we Our menu slowly evolves, so yes, it does, but we don't. There's never been too many radical changes on what we do. Um, and the way our processes work too, like you just won't believe it. You change one ingredient, one little thing, um, and you have to spend hours and hours and hours, mm. days sort of figuring out how you can do this. You know? Yeah, the <laughs> thing is, I mean, it's really, yeah. you know, when you go to White Lady, you, whether you're ordering a cheese and onion toasty or whether you're ordering a White Lady burger, they're consistently... Great. So, thank you. <laughs> how do you manage that quality control? Because I know sometimes you'll get staff coming and they're a bit hoar or hungover, and maybe the quality is not quite as good as it could be. Yeah, well, we try and make our system simple. Um, you know, that's the thing. We try and make the workplace enjoyable. <laughs> um, you know, we don't hire. 
five-star chefs, you know. We are sort of fast food workers, mm. no experience And, and your staff are lovely. And, mm. yeah, and I think they enjoy working there. And that's, you know, good people stay and, you know, that's sort of one of those things. But we measure everything. Our system is simple. It's so important to measure everything mm. when you're in the food right. business. We buy really – we buy we buy expensive ingredients, not cheap ingredients. You know, mm. I think my grandfather's philosophy was always if you – if you have a good piece of, st- you know, a really nice piece of steak and the guy overcooks it, um, it's still a really nice piece of steak that's been overcooked, you know. But mm. if it's a cheap piece of steak, it's just a piece of shit. So mm. I think that's sort of the philosophy that we follow. We use beautiful ingredients, um, fresh ingredients. So even if some guy, maybe not the, the mm. best, um, you know, he's still going to produce something that's, you know, they're really nice, you know. Yeah. But they're pretty simple. It's hard to stuff up a burger, really, you know. <laughs> Um, but you'd be surprised at how many people mm. do. Yeah. Oh, you would be surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if there's anybody out there that's thinking, you know, I'm, I'm looking at buying the local fish and chip shop or I'm thinking about getting into the, you know, modest um, meals market, what what would be your advice to them? Yeah, well, just do your research, realise that everything's got to be measured. If you've never run a food business before, I'll tell you, it's a lot harder than it looks. Like mm. with any profession, um, it's our job to make it look easy. Um, but it's not. It's just because we're really good at it. Um, and, um, yeah, the main thing is, yeah, everything's measured. It is, you know, food is hard. You've got to sell a lot of food to make money. So if you are in it for a lifestyle, beautiful. But, you know, you have to run your business professionally. Um, if you want to make money out of it, well, go for gold. But that's that's a long, it's a long mm. journey, um, and you know you'd be surprised at how small margins are in food. You know, why do you think there's so many kebab stores on Kerala? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. They're I mean, that's lot. that's one thing I saw. Eh, is that when we were up here, I was like, oh god, yeah, we've got to get a burger joint up here because it really is uh. just kebab, kebab, kebab. Um, so yeah, it's good to have a burger joint here. Um, yeah, I guess people around here love kebabs and they're great value. And I love a kebab. It sounds myself. like the kind of thing you eat when you're out <laughs> drinking. Thing. Get a kebab. Mm. Maybe that's why. Kerala there used to be this really funny English show. Um, these Indians characters were in it. It's like, you know how there's that thing in England, you know, the boys get looked up and go, let's go for a cutty, you know. <laughs> and like these Indian guys are doing the, obviously the same, but they go to this restaurant and go, Give me your blandest food. Yeah. <laughs> Something very bland. Yeah, with, with, on toast. Yeah. And some bread. We yeah, must yeah, have some bread. bread. <laughs> Did, yeah. I mean, I've heard through the rumor mill that Whammy and um, Wine Cellar, which are two great live mm. venues, even they're struggling, um, but they, you know, they've got good support. But, like, you know, I think there's kind of almost a death of live music venues and performance venues. Although I do see the um, Love Shack are doing a comedy night, which um, I don't know how that's going. But um, I would yeah. love to see more on the road, you know. Oh, yeah. I think, it's start, you know, our industry, like probably a lot of other industries, staffing, having the people. Yeah. We just haven't got people there to, you know, it's really hard keeping a shop or something going all the time, you know. What um, would be your advice to anybody out there that's like, you know, I really wouldn't mind a job as a short order chef or, a, you know, working in a situation like the white lady. When people come for the job interviewing, mm-hmm. what would be your advice to them? Yeah, well, 
you know, we want well show up um, and treat the <laughs> treat treat the job interview like it's uh, probably you know a potential job that you're going to run. You know, like we want you you want passionate, mm. you know, people who ready and wanting to work and you know you've got to have a reason too you know I always think it's it's great to have a reason some of our best guys who even work work with us you know and they're sort of a bit you know sort of beating around the bush a bit you know a little bit half in half out and then something in their life happens and they go right I'm just gonna work my ass off for a year because I've got a goal I've got a focus I've got something that I want and then I've seen some of our guys, just one guy especially, and he just turned from like sort of a, a good staff member to excellent management material just because he wanted it. You know, it's mm. all about attitude. Right. Like life is about attitude, you know. Enthusiasm. Yeah, enthusiasm, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Hey, look, before we kind of wrap up, because I do appreciate your time, and it is Sunday afternoon, and you're probably running late for church, <laughs> as we all are. <laughs> yeah. um, any parting words of wisdom? Oh, gee, um, just, you know, we're just, we want to make this city great. We want to make K Road amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the coolest street in Auckland, apparently the world. Um, <laughs> you know, um, just, you know, come out, be a good person, mm. keep the streets tidy, support local, mm. come buy a burger, go see a band, mm. um, have fun, and yeah. look after the person next to you all the time. True. Good advice. I often advise people about that too, you know, mm. look out for your mates, safety in numbers. <laughs> Dan? I don't know about you, um, my mouth's watering now, I'm hungry for a burger, <laughs> so I might head over mm. to the white lady. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> hey, look, before we wrap up, I just want to say thanks to um, Max from the white lady. White lady are a tremendous supporter of the Cairo Chronicles, so you can find their menu in there, or part of their menu in there, and also want to um, do a shout out to Saloon Bar, um, Salt and Batter, um, Brett Ravlich, uh, LifeWise, everybody that helps produce the Chronicle is helping to create a brighter future for a lot of people. So thank you very much. Um, and check out the, um, the Secret Podcast at Patreon. Thanks very much. Thanks, Max. Cheers. Thanks, guys. I, you're too kind. Yay. Too kind. Back at you. I I, I feel it for you too.